God rest ye merry comics fans, let nothing you dismay. Remember holiday specials to read near Christmas Day to save us from depression when serotonin's gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Welcome to the Ace Comicals Christmas Special 2021. And uh, yeah, we're trying our hardest to feel the Christmas spirit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wish you'd have warned me that you were going to sing that because I would have come in with like with the backing <laughs> the backing vocals. <laughs> God, <enjoy. laughs> that was an incredible, Greg. <laughs> so yes, um, it is the usual gang: myself, Leon, and Rahul. And today we are bringing the cheer, or trying to bring the cheer, at least hoping to bring the cheer in these dismal times we live in. Uh, <laughs> we have. Four seasonal titles for today's Christmas special. And only one can be top of the stack, top of the tree. Uh, and it can only, and only one can earn a full five tree toppers out of five. So um, the rules are simple. We have four holiday centric books um, and uh, we are going to rate them out of five using tree toppers. And uh, what I've done is I've set each of us the task of choosing a specific tree topper that we are going to use to rate uh, out of five. So um, I'm going to go around. I'm going to find out what everyone's tree topper is. So, Ray, what is your tree topper? Okay, well, I was thinking about what it would have been over the course of like the whole of lockdown. And I think if it was 2020, it would have been like a coffee bean or a bag of coffee beans. But for this year, because I've been like uh, reacting to changes in my body and changes in my lifestyle... I'm going to have to go with an inhaler um, balanced precariously on a 10 kilogram plate from the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, And uh, Leon, what's your tree topper? My tree topper is the head key from Lock and Key because Ah. I think the holiday season and Christmas especially are a good time to get uh, introspective and take a look inside the old noggin. Yeah, or or take some things out. <laughs> yeah, or add, add, add some add some chair in, you know, whatever you need to get through. just yeah, cramming it full of tinsel. <laughs> just dump a fucking bauble in there, man. You know. <laughs> I think uh, right. So my Christmas tree topper, I I had a couple in the running because I was thinking first of all. Like my cat's determined to be the tree topper every year anyway, so I might as well just make it the cat. Because they're going to go up there anyway, and they might as well have a function while they're absolutely obliterating my Christmas tree. Um, My other choice for Christmas tree topper was my actual Christmas tree topper, which I think is the one I'm going to go with. Because we went to this, um, we went to this like uh, Christmas market thing um, at the beginning of December um, in Leicester, and they had like these um, handmade ornaments, and they were snails, right? handmade christmas ornaments right and it's a snail so so my christmas tree topper is going to be a snail because my actual tree topper is a blue snail yeah <laughs> very nice you're gonna have to send us a picture of that put it on twitter oh well yeah it's it's a blue snail um and I, I just thought it's random enough so we'll go with that i mean like i had there was 110 other things it could have been like um i think i think in an in a in a perfect universe it would have to be michelangelo from the teenage mutant ninja turtles because he he embodies everything that is jolly and joyful and whatever else he's mikey so yeah um and we all know on this cast 
my great love of Michelangelo. But yeah, so I'm going with the I'm going with the snail. So I'll be rating things snails out of five. Uh, Rahul, you'll be rating things. Uh, <laughs> plate and inhaler out of five. Let's keep it simple with inhalers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leon's giving things head keys out of five. If you're giving things in- inhalers out of five, that I don't know. For me, that just seems like how panic inducing it is. <laughs> that's no, it means how much how much it calmed my panic <laughs> it's a good thing right? <laughs> i guess yeah yeah how much it yeah how much relief yeah i like that i like that <laughs> um so yeah um what we're gonna do is uh so the list today in the running we've got um we start we've got the superman christmas superman's christmas adventure from 1940 uh we've got christmas with the superheroes number one from 1988 and we've got Christmas with the Superheroes volume t- uh, number two from 1989. And then uh, we're following that up with the Image Comics last Christmas um, as the last thing on the list. Um, so I've decided to go in chronological order. And because last Christmas, I think, was your choice, wasn't it, Liam? Yes. That was one you brought to that. Yeah. The other three was me trying to be like, oh, let's uh, let's try and do a a Christmas in the capes, Christmas with capes through the years type thing. Uh, and I was trying to like pick some holiday specials that represented different points through comics, but I thought I'll just stick with those three cause they're the best ones. But yeah, so we're going to do this chronologically and we're going to open with Superman's Christmas adventure. So Superman's Christmas adventure published in 1940 uh, your writer was Jerry Siegel. Obviously, it's 40s Golden Age Superman. Who else? Uh, penciler and inker was Jack Burney. Now, I went searching high and low to try and figure out if this was the first ever superhero Christmas special, but I couldn't find anything conclusive. Um, I mean, I feel like it's early enough and it's close enough to what we call sort of like the dawn of the golden age um the beginning of the golden age with action comics number one in 1938 it's close enough to the start of that but i don't know if there were possibly other holiday books prior to this that were superhero books um because i couldn't find anything conclusive but um I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe it is the first. Maybe maybe you guys know what the first is. If you do, please get in contact because I'd love to know. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like this as an early example of a holiday special. Um, and uh, I just I wanted to go back to the root of things, I guess, when I chose this. So, um, yeah, let's let's dive straight back into it. Um, so. I. I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, I really enjoyed that it's it's I, it's an intre- It's just interesting to take in a golden age Christmas story and to see how it stacks up against the the more modern ones that we've got on the list. And I really like this as a as an early example of a holiday special. I think it's bright and cheerful. It's fun. Um, it really does embody and get you into the Christmas spirit. And it's, it's nice and jovial. It's not, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that just kind of makes you go, ah, you know, like a nice cup of tea. And it just, it just kind of gets you into the Christmas spirit a little bit and it just feels good, you know? Um, so the whole, the whole shtick with this one is that after being assigned to write a Christmas story for the daily planet, uh, Clark and Lois 
are sent out to the various toy stores and department stores in metropolis to interview last minute shoppers and things like that about christmas and you know writing a fluff piece about christmas for the daily planet i guess um and uh, they bump into a poor kid who's unable to afford anything for christmas and um they decide that they're going to start a charity drive for toys for kids that can't that can't afford toys and things like that so what they do is they start like a, a charity drive at, at the daily planet to for donations of toys that they can fix up and, and donate to kids that don't have toys, which I think is a really nice thing. Um, meanwhile, um, there's a rich kid who realizes he's a spoiled brat and has a whole kind of like <laughs> change of character throughout the thing where he's like, Oh, maybe, you know, he realizes he's a spoiled brat, but only because Superman kind of like Charles Dickens is him and takes him and shows him the poor kids. Um, <laughs> Also, at the same time as this, uh, Dr. Grouch and Mr. Meany are attempting to turn Santa Claus's North Pole factory into a profit machine and beat the Christmas spirit out of him um, to, to ruin Christmas, basically, because they hated Christmas as kids. So they want to destroy Christmas for everyone else. Um, and all of these things convene at some point and Superman saves the day because the reindeer can't pull the sleigh and Superman has to take the sleigh and deliver the toys with Santa, which uh, is pretty cool. Um, but Dr. Grouch and Mr. Meany are horrible human beings. Like who uses a sleep gun? Uh, uh, who uses, who uses a gas gun on reindeer, man? That's just low. Like who does that anyway? Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, but what did, what did you two make of it in all its golden age trappings? So we'll start with Leon. Uh, first of all, I think that the, I assume they've recolored it. Yeah, I was going to ask this question. I was a bit confused by the construction. We're reading a very bright digital edition, so yeah, hmm. it's like a kind of like a remastered thing. But yeah, because yeah. it looks great. Yeah, it, it <laughs> does look like I. I recently watched um, Get Back, the Beatles Get Back on Disney Plus, which is the documentary about the making of Let It Be, and with that, yeah. it's. Uh, 16 millimeter footage from the late 60s so what peter jackson did is um go in and like scan it and like ai ai upscale the sound and and the visuals and a a trade-off with that is that you do get a sort of like soft image and a, a waxier thing but it does make it a lot clearer and you do it does feel like you're sort of getting a window into the past and this is like the Similar to that in the sense that, like, I know I'm reading a book from the 40s, but the appearance of it is just so vibrant. It's um, it's quite, it's quite a ride, quite a rush, because you have you have like the 40s era style of script and uh, mixed with the like 40s era designs, but then everything is so crisp and clean. It it is a uh, it's, it's a nice way to to have this comic preserved because it, it it looks like it maintains its original look, but in a way that you don't have to deal with like how it would look now, which would be like super faded and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's a super hyper hyper simple like innocent Christmas story that um, is a time capsule in a way for this this style yeah. of uh, of comic book and. Just the way the storytelling is super, it's like a step 
after the sort of newspaper serials where everything is like text boxes telling you what's happening in, in the image and uh, really just on the nose uh, story direction. But ultimately it's uh, a simple but like pleasant story for the kids. And it's funny to consider like when it has come out because it's, um, it's before the US has like entered World War Two, uh, but it's also like the decade following the Great Depression. So it's, it's stuff like the uh, comments on class there with like the poor kids and and the rich kid who's too entitled and blah blah. Even on like a rudimentary level, it is dealing with stuff more than so just catch these robbers type thing. So I, yeah. I appreciate it for that. That's, that's comics. Comics has, have always had this, this line of politics or social commentary inherent, even, even only in small things like, even if only in small things like this, because you've got to think the people that are reading this stuff that are picking this up off the newsstands are the everyday Joes, right? Like it's just, it's just everyday people walking up to newsstands and paying however much this would have cost at the time. Um, I mean, this particular one, I think, was distributed for free because from what I can find, um, it was distributed for free at various department stores and places. Um, You could have got it at Macy's. uh, You could have got it from Bailey's department store. I think um, there's a version that was like a giveaway with um, peanut butter. Because it's a Skippy's peanut butter one. Because um, I'm looking here, I found a a website that details variants of it, mm. uh, variants with air commas because different um, different editions of it that were available in different places. And the only difference is there's like a stamp on it that tells you where you got it. So one of them's got a Macy's logo on. Uh, there's a Bailey's department store. There's the peanut butter one, and there's Molin's Bakery as well. Um, there is another one I did find that might have been distributed later on, um, which is from Smith and Brigman's, uh, uh, Christmas Toyland. Um, but I don't know, uh, an awful lot about it and I couldn't find an awful lot of information about it, which I, you know, has left me at a bit of a loose end really, (laughs) as far as the history of this thing goes. But, um... As far as I can tell, it looks like it was distributed for free. If anyone if anyone has any more information about this book, please come to me and tell me because I, I'd be really interested in the providence that comes with this thing because I really want to know like where, how, and why. But from what I can tell, it would have been something where like you would have got it when you went shopping with your parents. Like if you'd have been out shopping with your parents and and you could have just you would have just got given one of these for free by some dude on the door, maybe I don't know, as a kid walking into a store. But yeah, it's uh, it's like Leon, you were saying, it's super innocent and everything else. And it's just really interesting to see the Golden Age techniques on display and to have them remastered as well um, in the way that it has been. Because this is available on Comixology, which is, which is where I picked it up and it's where the guys picked it up as well. But like, it's just so bright and vibrant and so innocent and Christmassy. It, you know what? I get snowman vibes from it. Like you know the you know the snowman animation it has the similar effect on me um where it's just so kind of like innocent and and Christmas it's the kind of thing where you can read it and it's 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 a bedtime story right 
um it's the kind of thing that you can you can read in that way and you can enjoy in that way and like these these kind of like you know 40s superman designs these early golden age designs for characters um early golden age villains and and you know like allies of superman and just the way you know everything even santa you know i just i just think it's a it's a it's a nice little thing and it's it's just a really interesting look at, at golden age books. Well, the other thing but, I wanted to, yeah, I was just going to say because I, I had a feeling you were going to hand over to Rahul soon. Um, yeah, I just just to add, like I think the um, I really like the fashion in the book, uh, like just the, like the use of colors. Like Lois has this, yeah. um, like yellow, like sort of Parker. Um, oh yeah, the uh, not Meanie, the other one. He has like a really cool like purple jacket. <laughs> Proto Joker. Uh, <laughs> yeah like it, it has this like uh, this these like sort of great looks because yeah. they're like holdovers from like the 30s star and then it's all broaching on the early 40s star which yeah. is quite cool to say uh to um to see but yeah mm. like there's some that because of its sort of early storytelling and and like it's just funny to see the evolution of storytelling and like complexity over the the next 80 years uh, one of the things that, um, like, like I was saying before, I do get a super like this, like the most greatest generation ass comic for like the silent generation kids. Like, yeah. it's uh, it's probably trying to set up for like the next decade and uh, get past uh, World War One, and it's like, uh oh, but uh, World War Two is just around the corner, so it, it it hits in this 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 really like specific period, which uh, like seems to to inform it, mm. its, its general outlook. But yeah, those are my thoughts. I, I do like Lois's Dick Tracy coat. <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> so yeah, um, Ray, I am just going to hand over on to you now. So what did you make of this one? Uh, yeah, not a lot more to add than what you guys have discussed. Like Leon using his Christmas tree topper on my head to uh, pull out all the same thoughts that I had. Like, uh, I, I think the first thing that struck me was, um, as you said, uh, like how how it looks like completely smoothed out than what you would have expected from something from the 1940s. Like I, I want to know what process they used to, to remaster this to, you know, modern sensibilities or whatever, but like seeing, seeing how that presents on the page, but then like how it sort of, there's a dissonance with the construction or like we've been a bit spoiled by modern standards where like in this comic has kind of imperfect or imprecise lettering and slightly odd, uh, slightly like dissonant speech bubble placement. Uh, like there's, I think my favorite panel in this, if I can quickly find it, hang on. It's like where uh, the two guys um, shoot Clark in the face with the gas gun. And it's like, there's a, there's a speech bubble where the guy says, my gas gun, that's got him is slightly off center. It doesn't quite fill the bubble the way we'd come to expect nowadays. And then there's um, Clark falling over and he's got like a thought bubble coming out of his head. And then his speech internally is in brackets and says, I'll pretend unconsciousness. And like, there's something about like that where it's, it doesn't quite match what we come to expect for the way like certain actions come across. I found that distance yeah. quite, quite fun. Mm. And like, I was fascinated by how, like, um, how wide the palette of colors is in this. Cause again, I was expecting something that was like full of Ben Day dots and, you know, that kind of grimy, uh, printed feel and the fact that it's all smoothed out and there's a few panels where like i think it's meanie's purple coat uh like contrasts against like the slightly darker hue of purple um of a like a ship in the background and like i didn't expect there to be that much fidelity in this comic and that's that's kind of nice and then seeing yeah. that like as leon said 
presented against the um the the constant narration at the top of each panel which you know is, is thankfully it's a not hallmark the, of early comics yeah yeah and it's not something that we we need nowadays because they tend to yeah. find ways to like show not tell or whatever but like mm. yeah it's charming i like the charming christmas contrivances even though like the plot i couldn't tell you what happened it was just you know christmas fluff and that's mm. that's fine sometimes <laughs> Um, I did have a point to make about the lettering, actually, that you just brought up, because in mm. the early days, um, obviously everything was hand lettered and you had you only had so much space to play with because they would do. The, the panel would exist before the lettering went on, basically, and you would have a predefined space to place lettering within. And like there would have been because you've only got so much space to play with and you've got to fit the script in there. There's a lot of playing fast and loose with hyphenation. Um, you'll get them actually when you mentioned like the dissonance with the sizing and the letters and things like that, that's done on purpose as well. Cause it's like, I'll make this one thinner and this one fatter because then I can fill the space and fit the whole word in. Mm, yeah. So that's, that's, this, this is like genuine technique that we're seeing here that letterers had to, this is things that letterers had to do to, to make it work. <laughs> So lettering, lettering was a hard ass job. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't now, but lettering was a hard ass job <laughs> back in the golden age days. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of uh, having to make real time adjustments and things with how you were doing stuff. Um, and yeah, it shows. And it's interesting to see that. It's interesting to have it all laid bare like that, like the early days of comics and to see how they managed to like cram these these speech bubbles and and narrations and things into like one um into into the panels and the the panel with the gas gun that you mentioned there um it's it's almost like unconsciousness doesn't fit almost doesn't fit into the thought bubble uh which is rather interesting um but it's uh yeah and it's those early bubble designs as well like if you look at the way that um golden age bubbles are compared to later on when we get to like silver age comics and things like that things change styles change but golden age bubble design is very um i mean it's it's like frontier work so you know they're yeah. experimenting and they're Experiment. trying to figure out like this yeah. standardized yeah. Li literacy of comics like yeah it's yeah. it's interesting to see it evolve yes yes and uh that from a from a uh, a comic nerd's point of view that's why i i really enjoyed this one <laughs> But yeah, I think it, I think it makes a nice Christmas story as well. So, uh, has anyone got anything to add to that before we start doling out tree toppers? I would just say that um, <laughs> I really love the line: "We demand that you conform to our way of thinking, or suffer the consequences." <laughs> <laughs> like Ross said, it, 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 it's frontier work because uh, that that's uh, that's a sentence. Yeah. Also, like I did crack up at. Uh, don't go looking for trouble again when he's uh, sort of uh, telling off Lois and dropping her yeah. on a roof to get kidnapped again. And then the, uh, like, I know it's meant in the in the case of you don't need to thank me. I'm Superman. I'm here to save everyone. But, like, the way he says, save your thanks, <laughs> it just <laughs> cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, there's a few here that, that are hilarious. Like, that will show him we're determined. <laughs> <laughs> And calm yourself, Santa. They're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Routed by toys. This is humiliating. You know, stuff like that. It's just, it's brilliant. Like, it, it's like, it's, I think it, it was at a point in time where they're still feeling the need to be hyper descriptive. Um, because I don't know. I, 
I still don't know and I still haven't discovered whether this was like people gaining confidence in the art of the book itself and letting the art do the talking or whether it was just a thing where the storytelling style changed or maybe even the method of creating the comic changed. But um, it's like things get less and less descriptive as time goes on and I think they let the art breathe more. But we've said this previous times on the casts. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, It's fun like that though. Um, I, I, do, I do have one one final point that I forgot yeah. to mention. Like, uh, it's I haven't read a lot of classic Superman, so it's kind of nice seeing how his posing in this comic is very different to what I've come to expect. Like, he he's a lot more upright and like leaping. Like, as you know, his whole superpower at the start, I think, was leaping through the air and not necessarily flying. And like, there's a panel here where he's like leap. He's he's coming down to like the no- North Pole where Santa's on looking, and he's kind of like like a wrestler jumping out of the cage. Like he's just like splayed <laughs> out, like face yeah. planting onto the floor. It almost looks like instead of yeah. his usual arm out, one arm out, one arm to his to his side, and like it's just cool seeing different poses yeah. from Superman. He hasn't perfected the superhero landing yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just one bang, yeah. his way down. Yeah, yeah. For all its jank. <laughs> um. So yeah, tree toppers out of ten. Um. Ray, do you want to go first? I mean, uh, out of out of ten, you said uh, out of five, even sorry, five. Out of five, ten. Okay, um, yeah. I would say like two inhalers out of five inhalers. Like it was a it was a bit of uh, breath of fresh air, but not a lot. You know, like it's, it was it was fun to to pick my way through and like compare and contrast to what my my standards are now. But like I couldn't tell you what the story was. I just know that a reindeer got shot in the face. Yeah. Um and Leon toppers out of five. With these like Christmas and like Halloween episodes where we do ratings, I always rate mine on like a scale. So it's a scale of like what we've been given and that the highest and lowest, rather than some sort of uh, universal scale. So with that in mind, I'm going to give this uh, free head keys because uh, it's nice to sort of have like a nostalgia look at the past even with uh the most paper thin story ever for christmas <laughs> now i want to give this five but i don't know if i can because it's i mean i'm i'm going on how Christmassy did it make you feel how warm did it make you feel like could you smell the mulled wine while you were reading it that kind of stuff um and i want to give it five uh but i don't think i can i think i'm going to give it four because i really 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 love it and i love it in in all its golden age you know um everything but i i think i can only give it four so out of a possible 15 that has scored nine that's nine tree toppers um and yeah i think i think it's i think it's a well-deserved nine i think i i feel like if there weren't if there was other if there weren't other things on this list i could have given that a higher score um, if there weren't other things on this list that I, I will have to give a higher score to. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. And I'm giving it a nine. Um, onwards to the next one, which uh, we move forward in time into post-crisis DC Universe. Um, and this is actually 
a very interesting collection of stories here because what we're looking at here is Christmas with the Superheroes number one from 1988. And uh, what this is, is a collection of previously published um, DC tales. Um, and they sort of like run the gamut of the, the Bronze Age, actually, which I think is fairly interesting, actually, for um for how this works out because they they sort of they really do run the gamut of the bronze age i think the earliest one is from the end of the 60s and that's the teen titans tale that's contained within and that's from february 68 um right up to one that was published um in the early 80s which i feel was uh let me see if I can find it, I'm just looking now through the dates. March 84, which was the Bat, uh, Superman versus Toy Man story. And yeah, I again, for me, this one, the most, this, this one was pretty cool. I, I just, the, the, I liked the, the, the gamut of holiday themes and messages from across the Bronze Age, basically, because it's all at different points throughout the Bronze Age of comics, which ran up into uh, the mid 80s, I think, from the kind of late 60s like 1970 kind of time um and it just it just kind of like it's presenting it's curated and presented for a modern age slash dark age audience uh because it's that it's that kind of like late 80s comics when things were getting edgier um and i love that the tales can still inspire uplift and bring the christmas spirit um and there's some really really cool uh Christmassy stories in here. I mean, there's some there's some very very Bronze Age Christmas stories, um, and there's also some very cool ones as well. So, I mean, if I just go through um, what is contained in here, so the first one in here is a Batman story called "Wanted Santa Claus Dead or Alive," which is um, a a story where Batman is searching for the killer of. Oh no, he's um he's searching for a kidnapped Santa basically, and he's trying to um it's, it's basically it's just it's just Gotham at Christmas and it's just a horrible place. It's sweaty, it's raining, um, <laughs> the weather's crap. Santa Santa gets shot, um, and it's just it's just a, a you know like a dark ass Christmas Batman story, which is kind of fun. Uh, but it has like a nice ending and a decent Christmas, um, a decent Christmas message at the end of it. Um, you've got uh, the man who murdered Santa Claus, um, which is the second tale in the book, which is a JLA one. Um, and that one kind of has um, a Christmas mystery to it. Santa Claus is or a a Santa is dead and the Justice League are trying to figure out who it is. Um, I think the most interesting bit about this story is the fact that, like, where are Superman's powers in half of it? But yeah, uh, <laughs> you've got, I'll, we'll come to that in a minute anyway, because we're only going to get into it. But uh, we've got the TT swing, Swinging Christmas Carol, which is one of my favourite ones, which is the Teen Titans. And this is a send up of a, this is Charles Dickens parody, parody basically, uh, starring the Teen Titans and an owner of a junkyard. Um, which I quite liked. Uh, you've got Starlight, Starbright, Father Star, I see tonight, which uh, it's Superboy and he goes into the future to the Legion's Christmas celebration. 
and uh, he decides that what we'll do is we'll try and track down the Christmas star, the star that led um, Joseph, the star that led everyone to Bethlehem when Jesus was born. Basically, is what they're trying to do. Um, which is kind of like a, a silly sci-fi story, the, the, which is the Legion. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's Superboy in the future. So, yeah. Uh, after that, you've got um, the last one, which was... Oh, no, it's not the last one. You've got Twas the Fright Before Christmas, which is uh, the Toy Man and the... Su- toy, Superman versus Toy Man. Toy Man tries to... Uh, destroy Superman on Christmas Eve. Toy Man makes heists and alters toys to get kids to do crimes. Uh, <laughs> it's a silly one. It's a silly Christmas one, but it's fun. Uh, and then Twas the Fright Before Christmas. Um, yeah. Uh, the last one is Silent Night of the Batman, which is Batman singing carols with the GCPD. And somehow... Because basically he's got no faith that Gotham's going to be all right on Christmas Eve and the GCP are like, nah, people are fine. The people will be fine. Honestly, even Gotham, you know, even even Gotham on Christmas Eve is a nice place to live. And lo and behold, it is. Because uh, <laughs> people are uh, people are like, I can't do that tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight in Gotham. So even even on Christmas Eve, Gotham, I- even Gotham on Christmas Eve is a decent place to live. Uh, believe it or not, in this story anyway. Um, and that is uh, that is a pretty uh, pretty fun one, pretty musical one, pretty short one, um, and obviously we'll get into that. So, um, Rahul, do you want to kick us off with your thoughts on this anthology? Maybe you have a favourite. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think I preferred this book to the last one, to Superman's Christmas Adventure. I think I like um, anthologies where they're a bit of a mixed bag. Like, there's definitely some standouts. There's one that I really disliked and like don't really want to speak to. But I think the one that I uh, like the most are the ones about the characters that I kind of understand the least. Like, I think it was Furthest Star I See Tonight is what I jotted down, but I think it has a longer title than that. The one about Superboy. Um, yes. I don't know anything about Superboy, but I really like the, um, like as you said, the silly sort of uh, sci-fi concept of chasing the Star of Bethlehem and trying to discover where it was and where it went to. And like then a brief interlude into like climate disasters in various other worlds and, you know, how band-aid fixes don't work but you know you have to yeah. uh, come together and it, it kind of doesn't it doesn't dismiss faith it doesn't dismiss pragmatism and it encourages like cooperation between different peoples and like i thought it was a very sweet story and kind of does the best of both worlds that i want from a christmas story where it's you know not necessarily pandering to one particular um type of storyline but just using it as a framework for something interesting for these characters to do and i really liked it and yeah i think that was my uh my favorite along with um superman and santa claus twas the fright before christmas i think it, again sweet silly conceit where like superman gets knocked out uh, has an action-packed evening with santa claus awakes it was all a dream or was it like i just i like things that are yeah. that sort of beat by beat by beat and then done and like just you get some fun action in the middle um the cool yeah the cool I, thing I, about I, that one hmm Sorry, I was going to say, the cool thing about that one is it feels like a more modernised version of the one we just read. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really picked up on that. But yeah, it's kind yeah. of gave me more of what I wanted from that same type of story. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. point. I'm going to have to read them both back to back again and yeah. like maybe <laughs> update my thoughts on like the, the show notes or something because, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, did you have something else to add? Sorry, because you were going to jump in. No, that's it. I think uh, basically... Rudely. 
Uh, no, no, no. Just saying that I think I preferred yeah. this book more than the last. It was kind of what I wanted from a Christmassy thing. I got to see some characters that I don't really know, but see them in their element. And yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what you guys thought. Because I feel like you you guys particularly would have uh, deeper insight into like Justice League in general. Because I'm not a big DC head, and even even for the MC, like the Marvel comics, when I do understand the characters, I don't have a big history with a lot of this stuff. So I'm, I'm really keen to see what you guys think, um, especially around the Teen Titans one. And I think who murdered Santa Claus? Because actually, I'll, I'll let you jump into this in a sec, because I, I was really uh, taken with the idea of a, of a Christmas mystery, like a Christmas mystery, right? And like, I really love the noir thriller novel cold open and title of Who Murdered Santa Claus. And like, you know, it's this, it's about family bickering at Christmas. Um, but I just kind of didn't like that stuff just happened for about 10 pages and I, I, like how useless the Green Lantern is and like all of this stuff. I, I want to know what you guys think about that. So I'll hand over the reins to you now. Yeah, um, Leon, do you want to go in next and give us your favourite and just give us your thoughts on the anthology, please? Yeah, I'll give a little little rundown. Uh, generally, I find anthologies like these ones to be hit and miss. Um, and we've, we've read a bunch of DC ones at this point. Um, and, and this one coming where it does, where, like you said, Greg, it's sort of at the tail end of the Bronze Age is... is did like the Bronze Age sort of end with a uh, crisis, or I would guess you could say the Bronze Age ended just around when Crisis was was happening. Yeah, uh, the Bronze Age sort of starts at the be- the end of the sixties, beginning of the seventies, and runs right up into the mid eighties. So yeah, mm. this is this is um, you're fully into the modern slash dark age of comics at this point. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I think that it is a good window into into that and. Um, for better and worse, it's a very 80s comic in, like, yeah. many ways. In terms of my favourite book, I would probably say it's the same as Rahul's one, the Starlight, Starbright, Father Star I See Tonight, because um, the whole, like, Superboy and, and the future stuff, that's such an area of DC that is quite... Um, uh, mysterious to me in the sense that I've never really engaged that much with that stuff. And I know there's been uh, comics that are, that are sort of in that idea and in that realm, I think is young justice. One of them where it's a uh, like far future set group of uh, young DC yeah. heroes. But um, yeah, that, that element is not really my wheelhouse. So it, w- it was nice to spend time with these characters that I don't really have any relationship with even Superboy. I, I, like for me, Superboy is just non-canon in in my brain as, <laughs> as, as a thing. But like that yeah. works fine for me uh, in an anthology like this. And like like basically all the stuff that Rahul said to do with its its outlook and how it handles the like the different ideology and like the uh, sort of climate warning stuff. All of that. It's I think what works with this more than like other ones and even the previous book that we've read is that uh, it's the more modern sensibility from it being in the 80s where it, it, it it's like the cheer and hopefulness of the holiday period hmm. and the sort of the faith in your fellow person but uh, it's also there's a bit more of an edge a bit more of a sophistication a bit more of hmm. an outlook 
Uh, and obviously this is like following so many things that have happened, um, even in just in that country, but in the world as a whole. Yeah. And I think that it doesn't sacrifice the fun in that, but it also manages to be hopeful in in, in quite a, a non-cynical way. And yeah. even though like I've got no idea who all these other people are, um, and like what their relationship to each other is. Mm. I think that in the small amount of pages that they that we get with them, it, it manages to deliver all of that in a fairly satisfying way. Uh, but yeah, around that, um, I wasn't a big fan of the Teen Titans one. Uh, Why? That one's, the, fine, that one's my favorite. <laughs> but like, and I really like the Christmas Carol as a, as a story. Yeah, like, obviously, like whether it's Muppets or whichever actor's doing it, I do like it. But I don't know, man. It just, I, I just, I wasn't invested in this particular tale of it. And I like the Teen Titans, but I think I prefer more modern iterations of that team. But uh, yeah. yeah, like it, it, it just went on, and then it being broken up into chapters in that way made it feel longer than it was. And uh, I, I was happy when Starlight Starbright came up, but straight after. Yeah, <laughs> I also think they squander a really good again another conceit there where they've got a gun that restores broken junk and then I was immediately terrified that it was like oh no are they going to fix Tiny Tom like was that going to be there like I'm really glad that it didn't go there but they also throw away the idea that like they're restoring old junk and somehow these guys are the bad guys like they're recycling shit it's great like um, if they can monetize that so be it and then obviously it's it's about a guy who's like abusing his his worker and um, like making use of the mob who are whatever like i didn't yeah. look too deep into it but i think there's more there and they didn't i was let down by it i think yeah, it's just smuggling yeah. yeah 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 it, it they're breaking the law you know whether for better or worse it's... <laughs> yeah um <laughs> uh, and then um just briefly uh toss the fright before christmas why is it every time superman and santa meet superman's got to do all his work for him like <laughs> He's so trash in the DC universe. Like, he's so useless. <laughs> and like, like I said, Greg, this is like basically an update of the previous yeah. one. And I, I think yeah. in some ways it's more successful and Santa has a, a larger part in it. But I, I prefer the look of the, the 40s one to that, to that one. But um, Yeah, yeah but it's that, a toy it, man, don't you know? Yeah, uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, the, the Silent Night of the Batman one is, is such a weird one because... yeah. I hate it, but also love it because the the part of it that I hate is that it's just even even if I'm not going to attack this from a, a an A cap way, which I'm not. Um, <laughs> it's so uh, it's just so lame. Like that, like it, it, that's the type of like saccharine Christmas nonsense that I don't like. Um, where it's just like the montage of like. Oh, my army husband's back, and blah, 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 blah. oh, I hated it. Yeah, just, <laughs> all oh, I just I, I know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna steal this Batman toy. Uh, by the way, who just I'm sure Bruce Wayne's getting royalties off those, right? which is like yeah, pretty of him, yeah. But like, um, like oh yeah, we're gonna steal this toy, and it's like oh, it was a toy, it yeah, was probably for another kid. Let's give it back, and then she's just like. Thank you. you. You like ruin the package and stuff, but thanks for giving it yeah. back. And it's just like uh. you know, you know that's a Wayne subsidiary. 
that makes those toys, right? Yeah, and yeah. each one of those is worth five batarangs. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got to sell them, man. I, I think the thing that I liked about it is that I did like the uh, the art in, in that one. Uh, yeah, like I liked the look of it, but like, yeah, the story completely like I don't know it, did, it didn't work for me. Um, I think, and then, yeah. uh, oh, what are you can say? I think it's the concept that I enjoyed about that one, as in mm. the concept of the the musicality of it and the fact that it was it, it's the fact that even in Gotham on that night things are fine and and Batman can take a day off. I think they've done I mean there's been other stories where Batman gets a day off where um it's like people um that I've, I'm sure I've read another similar Batman Christmas story where the people of Gotham have actually got souls. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the thing is, like, like yeah. I kind of, I kind of hate that stuff though. Uh, I, I like because I, I don't like this sort of theatre and about like you know, like in World War One, where it's like on Christmas Day they played football with each other and then Boxing yeah. Day they went back into the trenches and killed each other again. It's like the playing football thing. Like, and a lot of people find that as a hopeful thing. It's like we're all humans after all, blah blah. But it's like. Yeah, and then they still killed each other, man. We went for like, back to shooting for, each other again. Yeah, for people, four people who are thousands of miles away in, in office rooms yeah. and stuff. It's like, that's yeah. not heartwarming to me. So, like, that whole thing of, like, yeah, like, take the day off, man. Even the criminals will know it's Christmas. It's like, nah, it, it, just, it doesn't work for me. And it, this isn't, like, in some modern lens or whatever. This is just the thing that I just... It's just yeah. a lame concept for me, so it, it doesn't work. Especially when this is around a time where we're getting like year one and on all, all these like epic Batman comics, like it just seems like, meh, like, like, I don't but, know. It's, just, it's, it's half baked. That one was written. Um, I think that's one of the earlier ones. Silent night of the Batman was, uh, Batman two nineteen, which was, oh, so that's in the seventies. Yeah, well, in fact, 69, actually, but yeah. So that, that explains um, even more, then. Yeah, Feb- December 4th, 1969. That explains even oh, yeah. more. Yeah, like, so... Gotham isn't truly uh, disturbed yet, because, like, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not the 80s New York parody that, that it is in for the, uh, the rest exactly. of the Exactly, yeah. So, I, I, you know, it works for me in context, but if I was reading it then... In in the eighties, where Gotham's this sweaty, run-down, humid, rain-soaked, awful place that smells of piss, then maybe maybe I wouldn't also, enjoy it. But this yeah. also means that like uh, her husband came back from Vietnam, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah, like the late sixties yeah. were a great time. So like no. yeah, it, I know, it, it's I know I'm not I'm not weighing the context uh, against it as much as it sounds like I am. It's just a thing of where it's like. And I think some of the other stories that we, that are part of this thing just nailed the Christmas thing a bit more. And I kind of hate, yeah. uh, like, empty or hollow Christmassy type stuff where it's like, the chair will get you through it. Like, I, I don't really like that stuff. I like the bring the best out in humanity. Like, if it's going to be cheesy, I like that style of cheesy rather than the uh, the Christmas spirit and, like, yeah, I'm going to give back these presents I stole, stuff like that. Like, yeah. No, yeah, not for me. But the thing is, I spent so much time talking about that one. I didn't even get to have my brief thoughts on uh, "Wanted Santa Claus Dead or Alive," which is like yes, hilarious. <laughs> where it's like yeah. you're, you're 
blackface bats, which is it's so <laughs> random. Like, I know. So random. It's it's completely pointless. There's no need for it. And it's completely random. <laughs> and it just... Why could, I mean, he's got an established identity. He goes around as Matches Malone. Could he not? Could they not have just put Matches Malone in there? No, because he know? was like hanging out with poor people. You see, so he had oh, to be like a yeah. black dude. But like, it, like even forgetting like um, like offense or anything, because it's a stupid comic from the seventies. I don't care. It's it's just dumb. It's so dumb. It's, it's so like, dumb. And, and they don't even make it like he put on a mask. They they show him like like a, like taken off the makeup or something like that and like what is going on it's it you know like those things where um a lot of times with like comics like this they'll just say something like i used a jetpack or da, 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 and it's just like it's just a simple idea and it gets you from a to b and you don't ask any more questions because it's a sci-fi concept or it's, a, it's just a standard concept but in this it just brings so many questions into such yeah. a short story i'm like what are you talking about um and the uh i did i did laugh at the line heard him guys <laughs> But like um, the, uh, de- the Deus Ex yeah. Machina star thing, which just I found that just yeah. a bit confusing, like a weird way to yeah. end the story. But yeah. um, and then that that for me leads into the man who murdered Santa Claus, which starting off could have been like pretty good. It could have been a bit a bit of starlight star bright in there. Could have been good. Yeah, yeah, it could, yeah. It could have been yeah. good, especially where, where you have which is hilarious that. Um, is it is it Hal Jordan who slips on? The yeah, screen? slips yeah. slips up and knocks himself out in the shower. And and his ring his ring is, his ring scans him and it's like he's fine. He doesn't wake him up. He's like we don't want to deal with this guy. Let's go to John <laughs> yeah. Stewart. He's he's cooler. He, he's cooler. He listens to the more fun music. He's the best Green Lantern. So like, uh, so we we hang out with him, which which is which is cool and stuff. But it's like. Man, it's such it's so weird. It, it's just everything about this comic's weird, and like uh, just the the interactions where like Kal-El's like, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> like, like Superman does not trust him at all. It's like basically said, "Who would you steal that ring from, boy?" Like, what the, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so like, it, it takes uh, what's his name, Green Arrow, to be like, "Hey, uh, he vouched for this guy." Like, D- don't you show yeah. up to the meeting, Superman? But like, yeah. um. Yeah, this 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 is like pure like it's funny what I said before where it's like this is eighties uh, super eighties because that, that's incorrect. It's 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 Bronze Age as as you said, Greg. And um, yeah. this is so like seventies era comic where it's like um, there's it's... so many things that like uh, yeah. What's it? Uh, like come with us to an urban ghetto and watch the rest of the scene run its course. <laughs> uh, yeah. You've got these like poor yeah. get kids beg and it's like you're black as well man help us out and it's just like what is this like what, what, all, all this stuff is just so like um like needless well, obviously it's of its time but it, it's it it doesn't add any flavor except yeah it that, doesn't yeah but it thinks it's adding flavor because it was at the time it's like oh it thinks it's showing you like the world is or whatever it's yeah because like it's if like, you compare yeah. it to the, to the to the superman one everybody in that is white um and then this one, it's like, hey, we've got we've got we've got people from all over, whatever. But it's it's just in that in that way where it's like, mm. oh yeah, this is the crime infested city, and like on the lower east side, where you you, you can you can get shot at any time. This is where uh, this is where John Stewart's hanging out. Uh, so like, for me, like if they're gonna have that layer and texture. 
because it's obviously it's it, it's of a milieu of the time, and there's lots of like movies from like crime movies from the seventies and stuff which trade on this similar like imagery, and it's like some of those movies are good, but like here it, it, it's just like wall dressing, uh, like that doesn't doesn't really give me anything. Uh, give, mm. Obviously, it's a negative experience for me because just like it just keeps taking me out of the comic. Like this is dumb. This is dumb. But like. Um, it, it it doesn't add anything. Like it doesn't even add anything to like John Stewart at the end, where it's like uh, how his relationship would have changed with the with the rest of the league. Uh, mm. Like it barely has a thing of like not bad for your run with us this this time, kid. It barely has that, and instead it's just like, eh? and then that's before you get into the stuff where <laughs> that Rahul was talking about, where it's just like stuff just happening and. It doesn't feel smart or cool. Like th- there is an element of it that almost is, where you have like uh, the Santa murder, or the the explosion where the note is fine, but yeah. Um, and then you've got like random Justice League people being taken out in a way that they you know as you're reading it that they're, they're just not being taken out. But like um, all of it feels again weightless by the time that you but, get to the end. But Superman's there. It should have been over in seconds. No, no, you see the uh, the star, it, uh, it, it had the, the, the stuff that Superman doesn't like. And it also yeah. happened to be yellow, which stopped the Green Lantern. Oh, yeah, true, true. It had both. But then, but then, why did, but then how did the bomb go off without Superman realising there was a bomb there? We're not here to pick apart the mechanics of this stupid story. Let's if it had a there. timer, he heard the ticking. You've seen right. Batman versus Superman. He didn't care. He just let it <laughs> This is the same Superman who was like being pr- fully American dad saying, let's not ruin Christmas by talking about social inequality. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> he was he was glad to be killed by that son. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I was a big fan. I, I'm not uh, too up on, is it Red Tornado? Yeah. The sassy robot guy. But I quite, yeah. li- I quite like him. Uh, yeah. I haven't read anything else. I don't even think All I've right. seen him in an animation. But uh, like, I, I liked him being there. It, it kind of yeah. spiced, spiced up the story a bit. Mm. And uh, the last thing I'll say about it is that there's the term JLAers, which is so bad, man. <laughs> that just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, I know. Well, take it up with... Uh... Well, I mean, the, the previous one, talk, the Batman one was 1979. Uh, that JLA one was from 74 um let me see yes it was it was night march 1974 so take it up with 1974 take it up with lemween okay this is the thing actually why the hell are christmas comics coming out in uh easter well it's it's a cover date of March seventy four, but it was probably published uh, yeah, prior to that. Yeah, yeah, you've true. got you've got somewhere they're like um, cover date of April nineteen eighty, published December sixth nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go figure. But that's the um, that one is the 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 seventy nine one is the one with the, uh, the the weird Batman story in uh, with the weird star stuff. But yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean overall, I well, like. Can I can I just bring up one yeah. last thing about who murdered Santa Claus? Because like I think there's there again it's a missed trick. So I think there's something interesting there, even right at the end where like I forgot what his name is Stuart, right? Um, John tries Stewart. to John Stewart uses uses the ring to like 
subverts what the ring will allow him to do, like uses it to reconstruct the old buildings. And like there's the seed of a really good idea there. And like it's interesting that there's two stories in a row where uh it's it's stories about like things being restored back to their just built state, because like there's the gun in the other story which restores junk back to its former glory and then lets it be reused to bring joy at Christmas. Like I wonder if I just wish there was something more to those ideas as opposed to it just being like the start and end of a good concept that never gets fleshed out. Like I don't really have that much to say on it. I don't know if it's worth like airtime to like pick this one thing apart. I just, I'm a bit disappointed by those kind of things where they're left dangling. Yeah. So I I wanted to get into why the Teen Titans one was my favorite. And you'll probably come round to my way of thinking if I tell you, does it not make you think of a classic Scooby-Doo Christmas story? <laughs> does, it, does it not make you feel like you are watching Saturday morning cartoons? Because it has that, that kind of like, you know, that undangerous kind of like thing. And it, it plays out like a... Uh, like undangerous? A, a... They put her in a fucking trash compactor. <laughs> like, that's not undangerous. Well, you know what I mean? It, it, you, could, you could be watching an, an episode of Scooby-Doo. Like, that could be the Scooby gang. Also, it's Dick Grayson. Classic red, green, and yellow Dick Grayson. Um, and it's, you know, it's pre-Nightwing. It's, it's fun. It's a Christmas Carol parody. I just enjoyed it on that level. And I just, I just enjoyed that it was a Christmas Carol parody. And maybe I'm a very simple human being. But <laughs> that, was, that was why that one was my favorite. The other one I liked was the, uh, I did like the Silent Night of the Batman one. Because like I said, I liked that. I liked that it was, you know, it's the tail end of the 60s. So both of these were the tail end of the 60s. So it's like the tail end of the the Silver Age, beginning of the Bronze Age. And it's just, I I liked that Gotham wasn't a pit of psychos. I liked that even in Gotham, things could be quiet for one night. I I mean, even even now in certain stories, they, they have this thing where they go back to a period in time where things were lighter and brighter between things were lighter and brighter for Batman when Dick was around. Um, and it was like their adventures. There were, it was less like, you know, a battle and more like an adventure, uh, with those two. And that's when, you know, Batman collected all the trophies for his cave. And that's when things were a little more, um, fun, I guess, uh, instead of being all dark and broody. Um, but I, and I think I think that's what I enjoyed and what I took from it. Um, I quite liked that kind of level that it was on. I don't know. Um, I mean, ignoring all the the yucky sucky Christmas stuff of coming home from war to your wife at Christmas and all that kind of thing, because that's you know, yeah, that is that is cliched at, at this point, and it is you know a bit vomit inducing, fingers in the throat thing, but like. At the same time, I liked it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to overly defend it. But yeah, um, and I think that I I liked the Teen Titans one. I like I liked the chapter layout, and I like and and uh, I think my, I I really liked the Superman and Toy Man one because that was an update of the Golden Age one that I really really liked. So yeah, for sure. Um, and and that was that had the way that plays out is is basically an update of the golden age superman christmas special which i i quite enjoyed i enjoyed the inclusion of toy man i enjoyed the the you know the silly leaps of gadgets that contain kryptonite and things like that and um 
even the artwork in that one's pretty solid actually it's very very good artwork um and it's just it's an overall pretty solid superman story and it was you know it was fun seeing all seeing all that classic pre-crisis superman stuff like and and you have you know having all of that play out and again getting to meet santa and the elves it's fun right um that's what you want from a christmas story so yeah i um I fully in- Oh, did you not enjoy the Teen Titans decorating a Christmas tree by the way towards the end of that one? Did you not think that was funny? Yeah, and did you not did nice. you I thought it was nice. It didn't didn't save uh, the free <laughs> chapters or book for me, but it, it, it was a, a did, nice thing. Did, did you not like Aqualad's constant fish puns? Did you not? It's <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I was not like bar humbug on that story. It's just a lot of those elements didn't yeah. didn't work for me, which is yeah. surprising because like I said like I really like like you yeah. could recycle uh, a Christmas Carol a million times, and I usually quite yeah. like that story. Yeah, it's less Christmas Carol than other Christmas Carol Christmas Carols, but hmm. it still has the, the the general spirit of the Christmas Carol in there, which I quite like. Um, so yeah, that was the um, that was the the first anthology we're looking at, which was uh, Christmas with the Superheroes number one, um, and. I think it's time to give it some tree ornaments. So I'll go first this time. And being as I gave the first one um, four, because I couldn't give it a full five, I will give this one a three um, because I can't rate it as highly as I rated the Golden Age one. But this still isn't my favourite. Rahul, where are you on this one? If I was only rating it on the stories that I actually liked, I think I'd give it a four. But overall, as a book, I think I'm giving it a three. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I went with it. Leon, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the same uh, wheelhouse. Uh, my head key will take out the stories I didn't like and put more in of the stories I did like to give it a solid three. So, so again, that one scores itself a nine out of a possible 15. Um which I don't think is as deserving as the Golden Age Superman one, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so, uh, Christmas with the Superheroes number two, which was published in 1989. Now, rather than this one being a curated collection of stories published in previous holiday specials throughout DC history, this one is all stuff of the time. So, um, the list of stories in this one is as follows. So this is uh, Christmas with Superheroes uh, number two. And um, this has uh, the first story in this is Ex Machina, uh, which is Superman saving a dude from suicide, um, which is a classic soups move. Uh, <laughs> you've got a book called you've got another one called And in the Depths. You've got Gifts, uh, a story called Silent Night. Um You've got a a story called An Old Fashioned Christmas. Uh, Should Old Acquaintance Be Forgot, which is the final one in here, which is my favourite. Now, um, if I just give you a brief synopsis of what's going on here. So uh, bearing in mind, this is uh, fully post-crisis DC Universe. All of the stories in this are set of the time. So this is post-crisis DCU, right? Yeah, this is where I was getting confused because having read yeah. uh, the two of these so close, I was extending mm. the idea to the first one until I remember yeah, we've gone, that it has a content Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, we've gone pre and post-crisis. So, um, 
for uh, for anyone that isn't fully aware of what we're saying, we're talking Crisis of Infinite Earths, which was the big DC reset, which happened uh, around uh, 85 and 86. Uh, I think it was published between... Yeah, so it was published um, between April 85 and March 86. And um, this book takes place firmly within the post-crisis uh, DCU. So um, if we give you the synopsis for Ex Machina, um, stranded motorist getting very cold, decides he's going to blow his brains out. Um, there's more to it than that, as we find out as it goes on. He has a conversation with Superman. Superman saves his life. And it's uh, it's quite a nice story, actually. Um, quite a nice um, kind of Christmas feel to it. This whole helping your fellow man thing, hope at Christmas. Um, and uh, we will we will get into that um as we go through uh the next one is and in the depths which is uh now this one i really like um this is the one which is like the back caver retrospective in fact when i was talking previously about the um the what because this is we are now batman without a robin right so this is like post robin batman um so we're now um we're going back to basically how the Batcave evolved and how Batman's war on crime evolved from golden age, right up to what we're looking at now, which is uh post-crisis Batman um, and post-Robin Batman. Um, and it, it tells you, this is where I get the idea from about Dick bringing the light. And uh, this is where a lot of people get the idea from actually about Dick bringing the light and Batman uh, being a less broody, more jovial character, uh, when there's a Robin there and, and there's this whole running theme throughout the Batman mythos. In fact, that Batman needs a Robin to keep him on the straight and level, um, to remind him of the lighter side of things. And I, I truly enjoyed this one. Um, and that's handling in the depths. Um, we've got a book, a uh, story called gifts, which is, uh, this is your, um, your wonder woman story. So she wakes from a nightmare that features, Mindy Mayer, Hermes and Zeus. Um, the next day she is staying over at a friend's place for Christmas and um, her and another mutual friend help each other um, through talking and she helps her pastor regain her faith, uh, which again is it's quite a nice message, quite a nice Christmas story. Um, and uh, we have the, uh, the silent night one, which is, um, this is a silent story and this is enemy ace. So, um, this is like a British field hospital in world war one. Um, and this, this German pilot, the enemy ace turns up and, um, he's, um, decided to go beyond the Christmas truce and actually give aid and comfort to his enemies by delivering stuff to the hospital. Uh, the whole thing is silent. Hence the name silent night. Um, and, uh, it's, um, it's when he dances with a nurse and, uh, salutes the memory of the men who have died. Some of who is probably killed, uh, gets the backup of a young soldier who draws a pistol on him. And that's the end of that. Um, you've got an old fashioned Christmas, which is, uh, this is Green Lantern and no, it's not Green Lantern, is it? It's, uh, oh, it is. Yeah. Barry Allen and Hal Jordan. It's Green Lantern and the Flash. Um, they're on duty on Christmas Eve and quite frankly, I fucking hate it. 
so what they're doing is they're uh, they're looking for a good good old fashioned Christmas celebration, and they turn up in this town where everything's crap, and uh, they try to convince a guy that Christmas is worth it and that Santa exists, uh, or you know, convincing the guy that Santa exists through the spirit of Christmas. Um, should old acquaintance be forgot is the dead man story, which I really like, um, which is dead man being dead man is very dead, a ghost who gets by, by inhabiting human bodies. And that's how he interacts with the living. Uh, at least the ones that can't perceive him. The only ones that can perceive him are other dead people or people that are imbued with magic, like, uh, Zatanna and so on, so forth, Madame Xanadu, etc. Um, and, uh, he's, um, He's basically uh, depressed and he's trying to, you know, it's the holidays and he's just trying to, like, enjoy it a little bit. Um, decides he's going to inhabit some dude's body. Does, then realises that what he's doing is wrong because he's stealing Christmas from somebody else. Um, he's like, what right have I got to take this guy's Christmas off him? This could be his last Christmas. This could be his greatest Christmas. And he decides to just leave and do the right thing. Uh, and there's another little bit at the end of it, which I'll get into later on. Uh, and yeah, that is the uh, the full gamut of stories in that one. So um, again, we'll, we'll open with Leon this time. Leon, um, safe to say this one was better than the last one? Yeah, I enjoyed this one um, a lot more. And I, I think it's just a good collection of less saccharine Christmas stories. It starts off really strong, so I really like Ex Machina. I think that's, um, like yeah. you said, it, it's the classic Superman. And, um, yeah, I think the art is really cool. It has this, like, this very textured look to it, which I really like. It, it gives me a bit of nostalgia from, like, in the 90s and, like, reading books from this era when you'd get, like, a big anthology or you'd get a collection and it had, like, old stories in it. And and I yeah I think this one works really well. It it, it does a lot of um, show don't tell before you have this really like well drawn out uh, dialogue between Superman and 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 this dude. And yeah, I thought it was pretty strong to uh, open your Christmas anthology with a guy about to kill himself in a car all alone <laughs> and he's, he's written out a suicide note and stuff. It's like, that's dark. And I think that um, it really like earns where it took itself. And it it is a, a, a like touching story and it is Superman at his best when mm. it's not just um, like punching superpowered people, but like interacting with people in need. And, and the common the common person, especially when um, they're at the the end of their tether. So yeah, that really worked for me. The uh, the in the in the depths one, I do I like I really like the um, the lore of that one, and it's uh, as you say, it, it it is sort of like the greatest hits of the uh, the Batcave. Yeah. Uh, so I think yeah, I think that one is quite strong. The one issue I have with it is that the coloring is quite murky. So it makes it a bit, especially because it's so like dark and low tones. Some of the panels are just uh, like I don't know, like fuzzed out in in a way that uh, it, it's a bit un, uh, like unfortunate 
Like, I, I don't quite wish that it had the same treatment as the 1940s book, because I, I do like these, like, pastely colours. But it, it does, like, even this comicsology version, it does feel a bit like... it. it because there's so much shadow, it does give it a bit more of a murky feeling art-wise. But I, I, I did quite quite like that story. Um, again, like the gifts one, I, I think I just like... Maybe my thing is that I don't like Santa, but I really like um, superheroes as talking to people. Because the gifts one worked for me uh, pretty well. It's uh, not perfect, but I do like the uh, opening on the, the sort of nightmare. And then yeah. just having Diana just... Uh, like sobfully talking to this woman in silhouette um, as it snows. It's it's really, really nice. I'll, uh, again, here, you've got, like, big shadow and stuff, but it, it doesn't feel murky. And mm. you, where you have, like, loads of panels where it's just, like, black for the shadow, blue for, like, the moonlight, and then, like, a little bit of a sort of lilac-y for the, uh, the clothes. And I, I think it works really well. And, like, the facial expressions, uh, and, like, these panels are mostly, like, text boxes and like characters like in the middle silhouetted but it, it really works for me uh yeah. the silent night one i think that one uh I, I just like that it's wordless i think it perfectly goes through its story and i had no idea who that character was and i didn't bother looking them up <laughs> because i knew i knew you would tell them who, uh yeah who they were all i knew is that it was obviously world war one and he was obviously german um and it managed to to get that story across quite effectively it reminded me of like a yeah like a cartoon short where it, it is just uh like main main narrative beats yeah um and then and then it's done you, you get your your uh your tale I'll, I'll let you in on a secret it's like the red baron but not quite the red baron <laughs> <laughs> while we're on the topic of this one can i ask like you mentioned the whole um playing football at midnight at christmas and that sort of yeah it's like yeah, a second yeah. story. Do you not get the same sense from Silent Night? Because I did like this. I like the construction. I like that it was all wordless. And I think the story came across the page really well. But like that whole thing about like the enemy fighter with an iron cross lands and provides supplies, which is slightly surprising. But like the fear of engagement is only in the air. Like I don't quite understand. I feel like I'm missing something. Like I would simply shoot the enemy. Like how do you guys feel about that? The ending to this story? See, my thing with this, in where I would think it slightly differs from that, because obviously it does have the tone of that, and, and that's the thing that uh, I, I find kind of lame, uh, and I wasn't the biggest fan of the like, the dance bit. Mm. But, like, I, I, I do love how that is complicated with the, uh, the guy with the gun thing. And uh, the way I read it is that it does have that thing of, like, blah, blah, uh, the engagement, da-da-da-da-da. Um, but... I think there is like a, an edge here, a coarsening, not just with the guy who's like, screw this guy. He's one of them. Um, but like when the guy's like, even though the guy who's been injured tells him to lower his gun, he still tells the guy to like leave. And I mm. think it's, there's like a thing there, like especially the uh, juxtaposition with the, the shot of his plane flying up and then the mm. shot just outside of their like hospital place. With like the crash, uh, with shit the down in. the plane, yeah. Yeah, there is sort of like a um, not like not two planes passing in the night type thing, but there's like a more so than just people like hanging out together and like yeah, yeah, yeah it's Christmas, guys. I'll kill you tomorrow. This just the has tensions like, there still. Yeah, mm. yeah, the, yeah. The tensions okay. there still, but also 
there's uh for the hope of like a christmas thing and that it has it, it left me with quite a um a not nihil- nihilistic look but so- something a bit more like soulless there because it, it yeah it's like back to work type thing and it, it doesn't for me it didn't feel triumphant it, it, it for me it, it felt doomed where it's like what a waste mm. like what, what a waste why do they do this uh, yeah. So that's that's why this one works for me slightly more than that whole thing. But yeah. that that element is definitely there, and and is something that did does does rub. Mm. Ditto. Um, it, on everything Leon's just said, really, Ray, to answer your question, um, I I find that it, the tension is still there, and it's it's like it just it's not a truce. It's like him just intruding on something and turning up and and the only reason they're not straight away taken in prison or whatever i guess is because it's a hospital mm. and they're celebrating christmas and it's the point where he salutes the the people people that he's probably killed that they take as an insult which quite well, rightly so there, they there's would, a right? slight element there a slight element that he might not have left yeah huh. if, uh, yeah if if things didn't um if they didn't have that ruckus with the guy who's like, screw this guy. Um, yeah. He might not have left and just stayed there and ended up marrying the nurse and stuff like that. And uh, mm. that's interesting. Become yeah. like an ex, an ex, yeah. uh, ex uh, want, dude. Do you want some interesting uh, fact, facts about the, uh, the, the, the enemy ace? His real name is Hans von Hammer. Um, and he is uh, related to Anton Arcane. Believe it or not, Anton Arcane is his cousin once removed. So uh, Anton Arcane being the main antagonist of the Swamp Thing books, um, mm. the classic Swamp Thing books. So yeah, he's uh, he's related to Anton Arcane. <laughs> Go figure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I quite enjoyed the Enemy A story. It wasn't my favorite one in the book, but I quite enjoyed it. My favorite one was probably the Batman one, and I think the Merc in the Batman one is intentional. Oh yeah, um, no, definitely. Th- yeah, I think it's intentional because it's the Batcave. But I think that uh, for me, uh, it, it now with like time going by and like like it just in elements of it instead of it just being conveyed a murky like uh, like dark foreboding area, some of it is like visual legibility that I have issue with now. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's that's a minor nit. I'm all for that one. Um and uh yeah, the um the final shots with the Robin chasing the bat off uh and the uh the Robin suit in the uh, in the glass cabinet. Uh it brings out the old emotions that does. Um as a Batman fan, that's my favorite one. But um I mean like the again with the uh the Superman story, like I like the ending of that with like he's sending him to Mar and Pa Kent, mm. right yeah so they're gonna they're gonna feed him for christmas i really like that i think that's like that's some classic superman move for me because that's like you were saying leon it's it's superman getting superman being being hope and superman being the symbol of hope that he is for the people and what he's supposed to be as an example to the human race and a symbol of hope and a symbol of tolerance and everything else that's that's what yeah. superman is plus, plus I, I always have a, a little bit of a uh 
I can't even remember what the the idiom is, but I, I I always like a little thing where it's like, don't tell anybody, okay? Don't blow up my spot. But uh, engage in this thing, or like, uh, like a little wink at the person who like is a scene like blah blah blah. Like I kind of like those things, especially in an anthology story where it's not really canon. I do like a, that sort of that connection with like humanity, where it's like like yeah. the story of like. Uh, superheroes talking to people in their rooms and stuff like that like mm. like that type of thing where it's like superheroes uh, are people too <laughs> it's like uh, like blah blah this is just between us type thing like yeah. stuff like that is quite cool yeah we're not gods we're not above you we're the same we feel emotions like you do you know um ray what do you make of this one uh yeah i mean again not a lot to add beyond like the summary you gave greg and i think uh Leon feels a lot of the same as I do about these stories. Like I would put Ex Machina in the depths and gifts really high on, on my list of everything I read for this episode. Like I, Ex Machina, I really liked, I thought it was bittersweet, um, you know, shows the restorative power of kindness, forgiveness, self-forgiveness and like heat ray vision, I guess. And like, I like that these stories are kind of to the point and they, you know, um, as you've already said, like they show the interaction between people that reveals who they are. Um, you know, and especially at this like trying time when he's going through this crisis and all of that. And like, um, I, I liked that and how how brief it is, uh, especially compared to the padding of some of the previous stories. And like in and yeah. in the depths, I thought was another really great opening conceit. Like that whole the first few pages where it's the whole thing of like time as viewed from the mouth of the Batcave. I thought was mm. really interesting and cool. I like how yeah. then like Bruce stumbles in and it's you know it brings in these themes of rebirth and like. Um, you know, he says he has to temper the cold void with warmth. And like, that's a very Batman thing to say and feel, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, um, I like the whole thing about, it, you know, it just touches really briefly on Bruce adopting Robin and like reminiscing on his growth and independence. And like, you know, red breasted Robins being a symbol of Christmas. And like, I'd never really connected those yeah. dots before. So like the Robin flying into the cave and overcoming the darkness to leave again, I think is a really nice thing that is mostly unsaid, but you get the sense of like, the weight of history between these two people and how, you know, the time for reminiscing on these things, is, you know, is Christmas. It's that sort of that time of your life and that time of the year. And I think it's, it's construction is the most interesting, like, despite like, as Leon, you were saying the, the murkiness and like, it's, it's almost like half the, like the tail end of the story is seen through a mesh net kind of thing, which I didn't quite like. Cause as you said, it, it's, it's obviously deliberate, but it does make it kind of illegible yeah. in places. But the the yeah. panel construction, the fact that it's you know it flips between the um, like the the sturdy and like rock steady sort of um, straight rectangular construction of the Christmas periods, or like of the periods where he's reminiscing, and then like how uh, you know at an angle and sort of discombobulated the, um, the the cave looks in the darkness, I thought was a cool contrast. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, gifts, I think, is my favorite one of the lot because it's basically like, as you already said, it's um, it's two different types of hero being vulnerable and giving in a room together at Christmas, and like that's exactly the kind of thing that I want from a Christmas story. You know, they have these overlapping agendas and they're spreading messages of love and hope. They both yeah. have the same fears and anxieties about how to accomplish their goals with completely different power sets, and like yes. I feel like that whole thing of humanizing the the superhero and superheroizing the human is is a cool can i can i spoil it for you slightly by saying three words <laughs> yeah go ahead like time life special but i i don't mind that i i think that's what i want at christmas sometimes you know like you put on a 
uh, not necessarily like <laughs> I was going to say a, a shit movie, but like a movie that gives you all the beats that you want to make you feel good. Like yeah, the rest of the yeah. year, don't give me that trite. <laughs> but <Yeah>. like at <laughs> Christmas, I'm here for it. Like give me a, a cup of hot chocolate and some I, shit. It's cool. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. And if it wasn't if it, if it wasn't a Wonder Woman story, it would just feel like super made for TV. I, you know, what, actually, I don't know. I kind of want to push back against yeah. that because, like, I'm I'm leaning into your like mockery of it, and like, it's. I think you've kind of got a point, but I like that it's. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's trite. I'm going to take back what I said about not, it. Like, I, yeah, I'm not saying I hated it, and I'm not saying it was awful because I did enjoy it, and I liked the the juxtaposition between the preacher and the or the preacher, the pastor and and Wonder Woman and the two different mm-hmm. power sets, like you said, and and how that all comes together. But at the same time, there's just something about it that didn't sit right with me. I mean, I think it's earnest. As, as well as right? the other ones did. Yeah. yeah. But because it's so earnest, because like, you get a genuine mm. sense of who these people are. It's not just archetypes and then an outcome. It's not like one good person, another good person. They're good people together, and then they'll crack on with their day. Yeah. Like, there's some like genuine humanity to the things they're both going through. And that cold open where Diana's like, waking up from this nightmare, Like, I, I feel adds a lot to her character because it's all this stuff that she doesn't get to present as you know literal wonder woman (laughs) and it's um yeah Yeah. i thought it was really touching and it's exactly what i wanted um we've talked about silent night and you know i don't have much more to add to that other than i would shoot the enemy but i feel like leon you've changed my mind on that like i want to give that another reread i I didn't say i would i wouldn't shoot him yeah. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> what about what um, about Green Lantern and the Flash uh, save Christmas? What do you what about I that? Know, one? I, I feel like the last two stories for me kind of dissolved in the like the shadow of the previous ones. I don't have a lot of yeah. notes for them, and I read these like uh, about a week ago, so they kind of fallen out of mind. But like Hal and Barry looking for a party and doing good deeds, yeah, that's cool. And yeah. I think should old acquaintance be forgot like i legit forgot this story not to make a pun with the title but i legitimately forgot yeah. what, what happened in this so i'll let you guys the, talk to those the final main, two. i don't think we actually covered them yet no the main thing to take away from the flash and barry one uh hmm. the uh the, the flash and sorry flash is barry the flash and how one hmm. is um the fact that um how talks about how he gets the same gift from uh the green arrow every year yeah, <laughs> and it's a it's a copy of um, Das Capital, which uh, yeah, yeah. which is like cause, oh, I mean right. I wanted to just ex- I wanted to just explain that at the time and uh, basically what what happened was the Green Arrow in his beginnings was it was an analog of Batman basically with a bow and arrow right, um, but he sort of like they took him beyond that and they leaned into the whole Robin Hood thing and they made him a super left wing um standing up for social injustice and everything else which i guess speaks to him vouching for uh in in the in the you know in the in the hall of justice when superman's all like who the fuck is john stewart and uh um green arrow can vouch for him um i think that's kind of like where that comes from as well because they sort of started to use him to kind of stand up for um social issues and and he was like really left wing in the 60s and the 70s he was like a super lefty um and he still is today like most of his ideals and things when you read a green arrow story he's very left wing very about um you know sharing the wealth socialism and everything else uh he's a stand-up liberal force um which and and i i kind of liked the whole thing that um because there's this whole thing with him and Green Lantern. They did the Green Lantern, Green Arrow books where those two were together. And the Green Lantern being this galactic authoritarian force 
basically space cop, right? Um, and juxtaposed with the green arrow being this street level on the, on the ground dude and, and him kind of like grounding the green lantern that worked so well. And I, I liked the nod to that in this story where he's like, Oh, he's giving me das capital again, you know, trying to, trying to make me not be a space cop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Good background. Mm. So that's, that was, that was my main takeaway from that one. That's what I enjoyed from it. And I, I just liked the Christmas spirit running through it. The weakest story in the book, definitely for me. Uh, Leon, you got anything to add to that for that one? Uh, so for the Green Lantern one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, like, I think you guys have covered it. There's, it's not really deep. So it is just hijinks and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun hijinks and it's Christmassy yeah. hijinks, but I don't really have, apart from like a few gags, like the one you've mentioned, that there's nothing really yeah. that like super, super sticks with me. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the last story, um, which I, I really thought this was cool. I like the idea of dead man. Um, dead man's a character that's very hard to get right sometimes, uh, because of the nature of the character itself. Um, and I like the idea of dead man at Christmas, um, you know, like a kind of like unable to kind of like feel or enjoy anything or be because he's, he's dead. He's a ghost and he's just constantly on the outside looking in and he does what he can, uh, steals the body of a rich man, makes him buy loads of shit for his friends, (laughs) signs all the cards and then leaves, which I think is pretty cool. Um, obviously that, you know, obviously he made sure the guy was an asshole first. Um, <laughs> Dead man's the true lefty. Yeah. Um, he makes out with the he... dude's girlfriend while in his body, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's a little, he, he is a little bit creepy. Hmm. Um, he's in certain parts of this, in certain pages of this story, if certain panels, I will admit dead man is a bit of a creep um good body strong and athletic and ah aroused definitely aroused (laughs) (laughs) with good reason excuse me miss but have you ever considered marrying a ghost (laughs) he's so weird i know i know he's weird of a woman's hand the sound of her laugh yeah he's weird but like i i just i don't know i think it's the general theme of a ghost at Christmas and feeling like you don't belong and trying to find a place to belong and everything else. And the general idea of him inhabiting this guy's body, but then realizing he's probably stealing this dude's Christmas and and realizing how wrong he's been at the end and coming out of there. And then like the big kicker uh, in this one, I mean, this won't mean anything to anyone um, unless you, you know about crisis on infinite earths, but because this being a post crisis Christmas story. And then at the end, um, this woman that can perceive dead man uh, who introduces herself to him and has a conversation with him and kind of like sets him right. And, uh, you know, he's wondering, why can you see me? How can you see me? And then she says, my name's Kara, but I doubt that will mean anything to you. So um, that's Kara as in Supergirl, right? Yeah. And after Crisis in Infinite Earths, there was no Supergirl. So the way things went was Christ and Infinite Earths was the ultimate reset for the DCU, right? Um, 
and they reset everything. They set everything back up so that Superman was the only surviving Kryptonian, which is what DC wanted to do. So Kara Zor-El did not exist anymore, at least, or at least as we knew Kara Zor-El, there was a version of Super, Super, um, Supergirl, but it wasn't Supergirl. It was this uh, character called Matrix that was kind of like a synthetic being um, from a pocket universe built by Lex Luthor. Um, has Lana Lang's memories or something. And it's just, it's this, this whole weird convoluted thing. It's like, why you got to do that? Why did you have to kill the other surviving Kryptonian and then go ahead and create this weird ass, strange analog thing? No, but then they bring her back in this. And the whole idea is because she was written out in crisis and she's supposedly dead. So she can see dead man. And it's just like a touching moment for anyone that was a Supergirl fan and read crisis. I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a I, nice I, I, thought, I thought the end doing that was quite um, quite cool, but like yeah. um, I d- I assumed that it was as you're saying, like uh, almost a meta nod thing. Yeah, because like she's gone. But then I did like the idea of like her essence being there, but like completely rewritten. But like, cause I do like that kind of thing where it's. Uh, like you can't truly delete something um yeah and it's yeah. like the atoms and the essence of it the energy is still out there yeah and um yeah. Uh, i did think that that worked quite well as an ending for for mr creeper i i liked it yeah <laughs> mr creeper yeah dead man <laughs> yeah as creepy as he is uh very creepy in this story actually but yeah i mean it's 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 one of those symptoms of reading these comics now with 2021 eyes in the day and age we're in and it's just you can't you can't do those things anymore in good faith you just can't yes, and that's can. the problem you can, haven't you seen wonder woman 84 oh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean you can enjoy you can enjoy these stories still i guess to a degree uh, you just have to be very mindful of of what they represent and what's there. Um, I did want to add one last thing before we move on from this anthology, and that's that there's a, a particular quote missing that would fit really well in with that Batcave story. There was a time above, a time before. There were perfect things, diamond absolute. <laughs> but things fall, things on earth, and what falls is fallen. In the dream, they took me to the light, a beautiful lie. <laughs> this is the worst thing you've ever done. yes uh don't isolate that and don't use that anywhere else (laughs) at Uh, least i didn't put on the bat voice but yeah like you you were close to but um yeah 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 yeah. cover's really cool for this one this part two yeah yeah i really like it it has like quite a fun bouncy feel even like santa looks more sort of uh historical center than supernatural center and yeah. um i like all, all, all the different like hero designs like because they're different and, and a bit weird and uh yeah uh, yeah it's, it's quite it's quite fun it's a good holiday you, you, cover you get excited when you see disco nightwing and plastic man <laughs> but then like we don't get any disco nightwing or plastic man yeah <laughs> Not even i love man. disco nightwing that costume's so stupid <laughs> That Nightwing costume. <laughs> hey, man. Of, of, yeah. Of you all the weird costume shoots. I know, <laughs> but come on, man. 
Is he, do you know what he reminds me of in that outfit? Dazzler from X-Men. Uh, true. <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like a warmer pact for Dazzler actually. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that is uh, Christmas with the Superheroes number two from 1989, which I assume at the length we talked about it is definitely our favourite. We'll have to find um, out what it was. Well, <laughs> I'm going right in, and this is my five. This is my five uh, five tree topper book. It's my five snail book. Out of all the books we're going to read today, it's my five snail book. Ray, where are you with it? I think it's a very strong four. Can't quite give it a five because there's some missteps at the end, but yeah, strong four. Yeah. And uh, Leon, what are you giving this? I'm also giving it four head keys. So that's going to take that up to 13. So that's 13 out of 15. So that's a solid score. And I think that's going to be today's winner because the next book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is Leon's Choice, which was The Last Christmas, uh, published by Image Comics. So this is the Jerry Duggan and Brian Pushin, uh, Rick Remender story. Um, now, this was originally published in 2013, right? No, I think it's 2006. Was it the hardback that was 2013 then? Because I couldn't find... I think it was the hardcover was 2013. Uh, was it an 06 book then? I think so, yeah. Because I couldn't find the original published date for this. Hold on. I'm seeing 2001 on like the second page of the comic. Oh, yeah, 2001. When did that right? um, come out? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> the hardcover was November 13. So I think The Last Christmas 1 to 5 was probably published throughout 01. Uh, but I can't find anything definitive. Well, Google um, says 2006, so who the fuck Okay, knows? there we go. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go with the early aughts, yeah? Early to mid aughts. Sure. Um and it does feel very early to mid aughts. Yes. Um it's got that post 9/11 the hangover thing going for it. Um, it has it has a very aughts just sensibility and like yeah. uh before you go into it I'll I'll uh I'll uh, explain why this was my pick. Uh, one is that um, just based on the cover, I knew it would add a bit of grit to this other otherwise saccharine um, uh, <laughs> like uh, l- list of comics. But also, this is one where last year, in the run-up to the Christmas episode last year, while looking for Christmas episodes, I was like uh, Googling, like, I want something that's like not superheroes, that's like a bit off off the beaten path or whatever. And then this comic kept coming up with like high praise uh, from like loads of different like creators and stuff like that. And I, and I remember thinking like, what is this book? Like, if it's just like Santa gunning down people, it's like, meh. Like, what is this book? Why does everybody love it so much? Whatever. And uh, as the audience are about to hear, I still don't understand. It's yeah. perplex- It's perplexing. And even even without like dating the book, it's still I don't get what the the secret source was. No, I don't understand. Like I I I'm genuinely do not understand any of it. Like it's like, just literally so much praise heaped on this book. I was like, okay, I'll read yeah. it. For, I'll read it. And then what happened last year? I just ran out of time 
to, I ran out of time to read it and then suggest it to you guys to read it for the Christmas episode. So I just like, I'll hold on to this for, for, uh, for a year. <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I, we need an exorcism. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need someone to explain this to me. Um, well, I've I'm, got, a- I need, I need a priest actually for my Kindle after downloading this. But uh, (laughs) I've got a confession to make. Like I only read the first two chapters and then I thought I need Ace Comicals to tell me whether I need to continue reading this or not. (laughs) So I guess I got my answer. Like, yeah, I think I'm doing myself a good service here. (laughs) Like stopping before I got too far in. Yeah. It's, I I am really, really, really not so hot on this one. Like I, I think there's, I can understand the underlying feeling in this book and why right now in 2021 the whole underlying christmas will endure throughout whatever hell whatever hell is thrown at it thing feels appropriate but there's a lot about this book that i just i just can't get on with um and i feel that the message gets a bit lost in the overall aimlessness of it and it feels tired in its post-apocalyptic um presentation and it just it just doesn't feel like i mean at the time it would have been something where i i, I probably would have read it and just gone yeah whatever like it, it, it the same way that you probably look at an early episode of south park well that's something i was going to say there's a very south yeah. park level of edge to it mm-hmm. and like, yeah like um like to focus focusing on the book before we focus on the interstitial like the intro and the the outro which i think are the most sort of things that date it in terms of like yeah like language they use and stuff the core content like story it if it was just like post-apocalyptic santa santa claus's mad max which is what the cover kind of looks like you could kind of like understand it's like like i guess who's doing that around this time like it's like I- image are kind of like in their like fresh nort uh, stage so it's like oh yeah this is irreverent this is vertigo this is like it's santa swearing and throwing up and drinking booze and stuff like that like i could understand like the base base thing of that but like where the story goes isn't even like subversive it's just i don't understand why this book yeah. is so beloved the only thing that i quite enjoy from it is i think the the artwork's generally pretty decent especially the uh jeff darrow uh cover but yeah like um yeah i don't get what what's the thing that has everybody uh in rapturous praise over this book. yeah i like the art in places and i i you know i feel like it's a squandered opportunity because I feel like you could have done so many cool things with post-apocalyptic Santa. Like Santa out to save Christmas in the post-apocalyptic, in the post-apocalypse, full Mad Max style with a tripped out sleigh. But keeping it, you know, with like the, the kind of like the human element and Santa still being Santa, but trying to hold on to that through the the whole thing. And, and you know, like instead of Santa having completely given up. I think would have made for a better story and Santa trying to save the last kids that believe in him. Yeah. And I, um, I, I do think that this is not an indoor, this is not a thing to get Russell yeah. to read it, but I do think that the final chapter is 
maybe the strongest in the book. Yeah, because it it's is just um, it is just that it is it's yeah. the mission now. I, just, I did think we were I did think we were going to get Old Man Santa when yeah, I first looked yeah. at the cover. I mean, it, and it I wanted like from the cover. I wanted Old Man Santa, but what I got wasn't Old Man Santa. What I got was Santa's Team America. Yeah. <laughs> what an indictment. <laughs> but the thing is, like, Team America at least has, like, comedy and, like, songs and stuff. It's just heavily... Yeah. Like, heavily dated to what... It, and obviously there's the novelty of it being, like, a puppet thing. and But, but yeah. like, mm. this doesn't ha- even have that, like, misused edge that, like, uh, Stone and Parker have. This is just one joke over, like, four chapters, basically. Yeah. Okay. And it's... uh, I don't know. It's just, like... um, I don't know. Like, when you read some of the the interstitial stuff, like Leon was saying, when you read some of the, uh, the back matter and everything else... And you read lines like, this was conceived by two dudes playing Halo. You kind of understand where it came from. Because <laughs> they cast your mind back to the early days of playing Halo online. I think me and Leon were discussing this actually on Friday because we've been diving into the new, um, the new Halo game, Halo Infinite. Uh, and we were discussing like, oh man, remember the days when you, you'd have randoms, you'd actually be able to hear them because you didn't have the foresight to just have everyone on mute beforehand. And you'd be able to hear just the absolute yeah, but, but shit the pours like, out of their mouths. Like, which Halo is this now, depending on these <laughs> dates that we've got? Because it could, <laughs> if it's 2001, this is Halo 1, which is like there wasn't a proper online. And yeah. you use like XB Connect. And if it's Halo 2, then yeah, that's the beginning of like Xbox Live yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, uh, like, which Halo is it? I what think it's full on. B.O. Doritos, Halo 3. Yeah, but that's Halo 3, which is 2007, <laughs> which is after this time. I don't know then, because, like, I, you can stay that stuff behind closed doors still. You don't need to be online to shout that at your mate. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Yeah, they could have just been playing yeah. co-op. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's still, it, it, it reeks of that kind of, I, I don't know, it reeks of that vibe. And... When when I read that line, this was two dudes playing Halo that were like, oh man, we've got a great idea. You can just see them scrambling off the sofa and kicking beer bottles over to write it down. <laughs> like, honestly. And it, it feels like that. It does feel like that. It feels that half-baked. Um, but it's like it's like an idea that had legs, but they just didn't fully realise it. And they, for what it's worth, they could have done a lot better and a lot more with it. In, and And... I think they leaned too hard into Santa just having a shit time. If they'd have even just done a death proof thing, is it death proof? Which is the one with the, where he, um, is it death wish even? It's death wish I'm thinking of, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If they've even just done a death wish thing where bad things happen to Santa and then Santa goes out for revenge. Like even then it would have been better than what we got. Um, instead of Santa just, just, just completely just losing faith because that's just uh, it was it is, was there, really there is a good story in that as well that's the problem yeah. i think yeah. it's just a thing because like uh one of the writers brian person he's like a comedian and like yeah uh, i'm not uh, i've seen like him pop up in, in like uh 
other things. And like, I think his comedy is kind of just the, not sternery, but, you know, sort of like schlubby dude, uh, like brother sidekick character thing. I haven't really seen his stand up or anything, but like, like it's that type of thing. So I could see that, but then I don't know. Like, I think the book is not the best of that. Like what I'm saying is that Mm. even that is not in the book. Yeah, it's like, not even it, that kind of humor at all for me. No, it's it's, it's not. And like I said, it's it's one joke, it's one idea that plays over like four chapters, yeah. and it's not that compelling. Um, mm. Even with like a- allowances for like the time and stuff, and how like oh uh, like this would have been fresh and and edgy back then, but like uh, it's. The like the edge isn't funny. Uh, the uh, the core concept isn't really explored too far, and it, there's some really cool ideas, like the whole thing of like posting the the letters how Santa they go they teleported the letters that kids send are teleported directly to Santa, which is quite, which is quite cool. And yeah. the whole thing of like uh, Santa still like uh, giving presents in the early days of the apocalypse and stuff. Uh, until like his world's blown up, but um, yeah, it's, it's uh, it, it it doesn't execute its um, ideas really well because like Santa's like immortal, which plays into the storyline because like as long as people believe, uh, it's like a sort of a, a god, like an, an old god type thing, uh, mm. where it's like as long as people believe he exists and like when he's the place he's in for most of the book he doesn't want to be around and he's sort of like kept alive which is like that's a cool idea that is just buried in like he's thrown up again jokes and it's just like yeah like just they just waste like like Mm. really uh cool things even like the way of the the elves reaction to him and how they deal with it it's it's uh you kind of have that contrast with, with like uh like end game uh for um in uh, new um uh <laughs> new asgard sorry where like he just hold up with uh korg uh and playing fortnite and stuff and everyone's like oh yeah. he comes out for beer like it has something of there but of like no character nuance stuff at all it's just like man i don't want to do yeah. this anymore and it's just like it's nothing it's, it's not particularly compelling and then it's not funny. So what? What yeah. is? What's the point? <laughs> exactly. And like even it, like the suicide pages, they're just fucking sad, man. Like Santa trying to kill himself over and over again. Where he yeah, tries to hang around with the fairy lights and uh, no. It's not. Yeah, it's not particularly inventive. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, and you can hear that. You can hear people giggling as they were writing this down, like do 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 between swigs of Bud Light, like. What if he tries to hang himself with fairy lights? Like, you know, it's just no. <laughs> no. Um, and beyond that, um, we keep saying, you know, of its time and, and the edge and everything else. I think the particular edge we're referring to is how um, how ableist some of it is. Yeah, Especially weird, cause... with the back matter and things yeah, like that. Like, and and so they've got a little bit intro. of homophobia as well but yeah you got this intro which is written by like miss uh claw mrs claus who is fridged in the book um and 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 brings that up as a thing so it kind of has this thing of like see like uh 
it's wink, wink, nod, nod. And it, it has that air of what comedy was like during that decade, where it's a lot of um, uh, ironic. It was like there's a lot of comedy had a lot of like stuff like ironic racism and like homophobia and stuff like that. Mm. And then it also like people just in general mega ableist anyway. But like it's so. Um, it's one of those things where, like these are grown men it's like where's the joke like like because this isn't to be like a holier than than doubt uh thing but like I, maybe it's just like an atlantic thing like because like jokes like that just it was never it was never like ha ha with jokes like that like i don't know for stuff like that always thought like obviously ableism is big everywhere and, and like uh Everyone, to some degree, has engaged with it at some point. But, like, the jokes that are there are just so, like, sub-high school. It, it leads me to think, like, like, what's the point? Like, because like, th- that Miss Claus interest is so, like, embarrassingly, like, edgy and it's, like, stupidly verbose and long. But it's like, yeah. where's the funny? Because I understand that a lot of offensive stuff, blah, blah, it, it, uh, especially in the past at a time, like, it's because a lot of people found it funny. But where's the funny with this stuff? That's what I don't get. I know, I know, where's, there's no where's funny. Where's the funny? Then. Like, there's no, and then there's, the, no, there's no, like, yeah. oh, you can't joke about that anymore to any extent of it. It's just like, that was a joke. Just, uh, that's just dumb. That makes you, it just, it, it's such a bad intro to, like, the book, where it's just like, because the book, inside the book, does isn't littered with that stuff as much. Uh, no. really. So it's just such a weird intro for a character who's not even on screen in, in the book. And it's sort of a way for like, cause obviously the character, the character is like ripping them, like the creators of the book and stuff. And it's meant to be this like, hey, hey, hey. but it's like, it's, it's that sort of like proxy uh, thing where it's like, Oh, I'm not calling you a thingy, blah, blah. But I'm just saying uh, this character that I've created, who's awful is saying that I'm not one of those blah blah, blah. and it's just like mm. yeah that's lame man <laughs> like it's yeah. that's just it's boring it's weak and unfunny and it doesn't absolve you of all of the bullshit just because you pointed no. at yourself yeah but then at the actual back of the book <laughs> it gets worse does it um, get worse because that opening left a really sour taste in my mouth which is yeah, why there's I a really there's a there's a worse there's a worse bit of text at the back of the book that that kind of like even for even for the time, what it leans into, I think it what it what I think even for the time, like obviously, the, uh, and now we look back on it and we know that that things were wrong and everything else. And like Leon said, it's something that everyone, it's mega. Well, it was mega widespread at the time, but even for the time, I think part of what is written here in the back of the book is bad. Also, like. Makes- is is that like yeah. the artist or it's like the inker or like the colorist who, who's doing so? It's not even the writers when uh, for that bit at the end, I don't think, which it's, makes it um, even more weird. The bit I'm talking about, I think, was actually written by Rick Remender. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the bit. That's what I was yeah. referring to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's just, it's like, I think even for like even for the time, I think that would have been badly received. <laughs> Um, because it, it makes a specific reference to Down syndrome in a really awful way, um, and it's just like it's just like no, no. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> what a book to finish a Christmas special on! <laughs> I mean, Christ. 
Hey, you don't know. Rahul might be giving it five. Let's hear from Rahul. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, there's all every year. There's got to be something on the naughty list, right? But uh, this is just it left a bad taste. And I wish I hadn't read it last. To be honest, I wish I because I I read <laughs> this is the last one I read out of all of these, and I wish it was the first because it's the least Christmassy and it's the the one that I enjoyed the least and it just had nothing for me it was just it just gave nothing as far as Christmas spirit goes or anything else I just couldn't couldn't enjoy it at all um and I think uh I I think I'm just gonna have to give it a flat zero snails (laughs) uh Rahul can you even score it on the first two chapters oh I can I can score it like if we're talking about Christmas top as I said inhaler on top of a like a 10 kilo plate i'll give it a 10 kilo plate just squash it flat <laughs> in fact i won't even give it snails what i'll do is i'll give it coal leon what are you <laughs> gonna give it <laughs> i'm gonna give this uh one because i i do like the art um in places i think that um like i think uh, the core of it there is an idea here that could have been explored well yeah um and that, and the whole mystery between like not remembering who killed Mrs. Claus is badly done. But I think that there's like a a core idea that could have been good. And I think that the I, I do like the art. I do like how like the action in in the last chapter is is handled on the Golden Gate Bridge and stuff like that. Like I, I don't I don't think that it's uh, culturally insignificant, but uh, I I just think it's a huge like whiff. Uh, which, uh, like, which is why I was attacking it from a case of like the content inside the book isn't great, let alone the uh, the uh, the stuff at the beginning and the end. That's not part of the yeah. story. But like, yeah. I, I think that in here is a story that could have been uh, could have been interesting, and it's just uh, I don't know it just it just rings like sort of like hollow. Like I said, it's one joke. Mm. Uh, played for too long so that's why i give it one it could have been it, it could have been something but what i wanted like i said previous what i wanted was old man santa what i got was santa's team america i do like um, the it did have some solid dr phil slender which is uh, yeah pretty, yeah pretty <laughs> <time>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll give it that but it still doesn't get any tree toppers from me it gets a fat zero fat coal out of five um so i mean i guess that makes it today's loser because <laughs> it only got one tree ornament um and i'm sitting here wishing i hadn't read it because <laughs> i'd i would rather have not talked about it to be honest i think thematically um, it works it works as the yeah. last book because this thing is is wholly focused on santa and it's santa being awful and me reading every single one of the books we've read today is that santa is awful in all these books so i think it's yeah. perfect yeah. I hate Santa. Yeah. I hate hate comic book Santa. He's useless, trash, <laughs> doesn't do anything, uh, and gets the superheroes to do all his work for him. And I think this book just literalizes that in, in the most uh, in your face <laughs> way. Yeah, I think for me, it's just the fact that we try to keep things positive on this cast, and we try not to have to. You know, we try not to give bad things air. I guess. Um. But I guess uh, it's just it's just one of those things. But yeah, I mean, so I think today's winner, the one that you should definitely go and read is Christmas with Superheroes number two. 
Um, in fact, all three of the previous ones scored pretty highly, but I think our, our favourite one was Christmas with the Superheroes 2, scoring a full 13 tree toppers out of a possible 15. Um, and that wraps up today's, well, that wraps up this, this, this year's Christmas special. So we'll see you again in January when we come back. Uh, for more episodes of Ace Comicals. So we're going to take a nice little break over Christmas. Um, So whatever you're doing, however you're celebrating, uh, whatever you're doing this holiday season, um, have a fun time. Do it safely. Stay safe. uh, Be positive. Um, For some of you, it's going to be difficult this holiday season. A lot of of people do find it difficult. It's one of those things where it it can be hard. And, you know, as we've seen... um, in in some of the stories we've read it's it's it is a it is a time that people struggle with and it's something that's well it's just it's just one of those things and um if you are one of those people that struggles with the holiday season then uh i hope you manage to find some solace and i i hope you can you can find someone to at least talk to to help um and to try and get you through that um so if you if you are struggling if you are having a hard time talk to somebody uh find you know f- f- message in a bottle style or or even even ring you know the the samaritans helplines in the uk and the us are always there so just give them a ring um yeah and uh, that has been ace comicals uh, you can find us at www.acecomicals.com uh, which is our version of the north pole where we make all of our stuff um it's kind of like you can find links to everything there portals to everything we do and everywhere we are most active on twitter under at ace comicals you can find me on twitter under at bato that's b-a-t-t-o-u uh leon where can we find you you can find me on twitter at leon everett and uh merry christmas happy new year and uh, happy holidays all around yeah and uh rahul where can we find you you can find me on twitter at monke so that's m-o-n-k-e-h wishing you a pleasant and safe holiday period Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. However you're celebrating, whatever you're celebrating, um, do it safely. Be safe. Uh, Have a great time and we'll see you in January. Ace Comicals, over and out.